0: There it is, plain and simple. To see spiritually is to discern what God reveals to you. You are listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 181, and today we're talking about how to see spiritually. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful that you've tuned in to listen today. Recently, a listener asked me to talk about how to see things more spiritually. Specifically, she asked me to share some thoughts on this passage from 1 Corinthians. It's chapter 2, verses 9 through 14. As it is written, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world— but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in the words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Well, wow, there's a whole lot to talk about here in these verses, so let's jump right in. First of all, the Bible says a lot about vision and seeing things spiritually. There's no way to cover everything in this podcast episode, but I'm going to touch on some of the passages that Gives some deep insight into what it means to see spiritually and how we can do it. So let's tackle that first idea, what does it even mean to see spiritually? And we could add to that, why is it important? Well, I'm going to start with talking about the second question, why is seeing spiritually important? The short answer is so we don't make as many mistakes in our judgments and assessments of people and circumstances. Remember when Moses sent the twelve men to check out the promised land after the children of Israel had left Egypt and crossed the wilderness? This is in Numbers chapter 13 verses 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So, one leader from each of the twelve tribes of Israel went on this mission, which lasted forty days. When they returned, they reported how bountiful the land was, but they also talked about how strong the people there were. Caleb, from the tribe of Judah, said, and this is Numbers 13, verses 30-33, through we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers. In our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. These reports frightened the children of Israel, and they said, This is Numbers 14, verse 3. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? But then Joshua said, this is Numbers 14, 7-9, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land. All this was to no avail. The other ten spies and the people in general were afraid and didn't trust God to help them. The result was that the Israelites wandered for 40 years in the wilderness before God let them go back to the promised land. There's a lot more to that story in chapters 13 and 14 of Numbers if you want to go read the whole thing. In this story, who had the spiritual vision? saw things from a more spiritual perspective. Only Joshua and Caleb could see that God would help them. Everyone else was afraid and couldn't perceive that God was able to help them win the land. And there's a really good hint that if you're afraid of what the material picture is, it's going to be harder to see what's going on spiritually in a situation. What if the other ten tribal leaders had been more spiritually perceptive? What if they had used their spiritual vision instead of just their material eyes and human reasoning? It would have saved the children of Israel forty years of wandering around in the wilderness. They would have been in the promised land much sooner. Another example of why seeing spiritually is important is the story of Samuel going to anoint one of Jesse's sons as king of Israel. Now, I refer to this story a lot on the podcast because it has so many lessons that apply to lots of different areas in our lives, and this is one of them. When God told Samuel to anoint one of Jesse's sons as king, he didn't tell him which son, there were eight. When Samuel saw the eldest son, Eliab, he looked at his stature, his physique, his outward appearance, based on what his eyes told him, He was sure this was going to be the new king. I mean he looked like a king on the outside, anyway, but God said Eliab was not the one for the job, and then God said to Samuel, "This is first Samuel sixteen verse seven." Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Fortunately, Samuel was spiritually minded enough to hear God's voice and obey it, and then he anointed David when God told him to. The amazing thing to me is, Samuel was a prophet of the Lord. He was well known and respected throughout the land as someone who talked to and heard God. But even Samuel didn't always use his spiritual vision. This was a good lesson for him, just as it continues to be for us today. You or I may be very spiritually minded. You might even be considered a prophet in some way, but that is not a guarantee. That you will always see things spiritually as God does. Another example that has helped me immensely understand what seeing spiritually is all about is when the king of Syria, or Aram, depending on which Bible translation you're reading, came to capture Elisha the prophet. When Elisha's servant woke up that morning, they were surrounded by soldiers on horses and in chariots, the whole city was surrounded the servant was really worried. But Elisha wasn't. He saw something his servant didn't. And he tried to reassure him. This is Second Kings 6, 16 and 17. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The horses and chariots of fire, which represented God's protecting power, had been there all along. Elisha could see them, but his servant could not. Elisha's simple prayer opened the servant's eyes to see things more spiritually. And that's a prayer that you and I can pray in any situation. God, open my eyes. Or maybe if you're praying for someone else, dear God, open their eyes. There's a lot more to this story as well, and you can read about it in 2 Kings chapter 6, starting verse 8. So in this story about Elisha, Why is seeing spiritually important? Without it, Elisha would have panicked just like his servant. He wouldn't have known with such conviction that God was protecting him, and he wouldn't have known how to resolve the situation so peacefully. I love these stories because we can begin to get an idea of what it means to see spiritually. It means we become aware of God's presence and power it means we trust God to protect us when he tells us to do something, or if an emergency comes up. And we don't just judge according to the outward material appearance of things. This is exactly what this passage that I quoted earlier from 1 Corinthians is talking about. No eye has seen, no ear heard, and no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. We can't see things spiritually with the five material senses. The very next verse in that passage from 1 Corinthians talks about the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. There it is, plain and simple, to see spiritually is to discern what God reveals to you. So, how do we do that? How do we see what God is revealing to us? Well, Jesus as always gives us some really clear insights to whatever questions we have. In this case in the Sermon on the Mount he says in Matthew 6:22 and 23 the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness. So, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Your eyes are literally the lens you see the world through. But metaphorically, the eye or lens we look at the world through is our thinking. If you are a loving person, you'll see things and people through the lens of love. If you're a fearful person, You'll see everything through the lens of fear and consequently be afraid most of the time. Fill in the blank with any emotion or attitude. This is the lens you're looking through. To the degree you're thinking spiritual thoughts, the more you'll be seen spiritually. So, what prevents us from seeing more spiritually? Well, there are all sorts of things. Jesus gives this example again in the Sermon on the Mount, it has to do with being judgmental. Jesus says straight out, this is Matthew 7, 1, do not judge others and you will not be judged. And then he gives a very graphic example of how being judgmental keeps us from seeing spiritually. This is Matthew 7, 3 through 5. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye. Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see clearly to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. When you think you can solve a problem for someone else you haven't dealt with in your own life, Jesus says you're a hypocrite. Hypocrisy and the self righteousness that usually goes along with it. Is guaranteed to keep you from seeing spiritually. That would imply that their opposites, sincerity and humility, or maybe self awareness, there are probably lots of opposites of self righteousness, help you see spiritually. Fear, any kind of sin, any ungodlike thought will keep you from seeing spiritually. Every time you trust God, every time you obey God, Every godlike thought you have will help you see more spiritually. Jesus makes this clear in one of his Beatitudes, Matthew 5 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Purity is an undistorted, clear lens that allows you to see spiritually. So it's really in our thinking, it's what's in our hearts that allows us or prevents us. From seeing spiritually, the book of Titus makes this interesting observation. This is Titus 1:15. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Jesus says practically the same thing in Matthew 15:19 and 20. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. We could rephrase that. These are the things that prevent you from seeing spiritually. Jesus was always trying to get people to see things from a more spiritual perspective. That's why he told so many parables about the kingdom of heaven. To see can also mean to understand. He wanted people to begin to understand God's nearness, readiness, and ability to help and heal them. He wanted them to understand that the kingdom of heaven was indeed at hand and that they could partake of its presence. Jesus constantly and patiently encouraged his disciples to be more spiritually minded, which would enable them to see more spiritually. But at times he rebuked them because they were only judging a situation based on the outward appearance of things. This is Matthew 16:6 6 through 12. Jesus said to them, his disciples, "Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees." And they reasoned among themselves, saying, "Is it because we have taken no bread?" But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, "O oh, you of little faith!" why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up, nor the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many large baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. The disciples finally got a more spiritual perspective of what Jesus was talking about. And even though he did rebuke them from time to time, Jesus also blessed his disciples and their ability to see things spiritually. This is in Matthew 13, verses 16 and 17. He says, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So how does all this apply to you and me? Well, let's start with the idea that Jesus is saying to you just as much as he said it to his disciples, blessed are your eyes for they see this is really a blessing and a promise that we can see things spiritually it's not just for the people 2000 years ago who knew jesus personally take a moment for an honest evaluation of the thoughts in your heart that either help you or hinder you from seeing spiritually it doesn't have to be some enormous undertaking And it should never be a time for either a self-righteous or a self-condemning attitude, depending on what kind of thoughts you find tucked away in your heart. Offer a simple prayer of gratitude for all the good, pure, and loving thoughts. And as for the thoughts and attitudes that would keep you from seeing spiritually, don't be too impressed or discouraged. Simply think of what the opposite quality is and focus on that look through the lens of love and forgiveness instead of hatred or revenge. That's just one example. We see what God reveals to us. To the degree that you and I are pure in heart, to the degree that you and I listen for and obey God's voice and are unselfish and loving, to the degree we follow Christ in our daily lives, we see the things of the Spirit, which God reveals to us. We see spiritually. Ask God to show you what He sees. Ask God to reveal to you what He wants you to see. You are capable of this right now. You will see the horses and chariots of fire, God's presence and protecting power. You'll see that God is able and willing to bring you into the Promised Land whatever that might be for you, and you will have no doubts. You'll discern spiritually who to choose for a leadership role, and you will see so much more spiritually. Thank you so much for listening and being here today. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. Somebody might really need to hear the message in today's episode. If you have any questions or comments about anything that you heard today or anything in the Bible, I would love to hear from you. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Contact tab and send off your question. I'd love to hear from you. If you haven't subscribed yet on the website, I encourage you to do so. Go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com and click on the Subscribe tab. Fill out the form and you're all set. That puts you on my email notification list, and that way you'll never miss an episode. And when you sign up, I'll send you a prayer guide I put together called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. If you'd like to see a transcript of today's episode and see all the Bible verses that I quoted, you can find those on the show notes for today's episode. Go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 181. This is episode 181. I want to thank you so much for your support. I just realized a week or so ago, the Bible Speaks to You podcast has now had listeners in 158 countries. I'm so grateful for the way you have shared the podcast. It's reaching all over the world and blessing people. That's it for this week. Thanks again for being here and for all the ways that you've been supportive. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Take care, have a great week, and we'll see you next time. God bless.